Hey there, folks. Chris McLean back with yet another episode of the show. And in the studio today, I've got Hunter from Zazi Media, who help service-based businesses, which are mostly detailers, uh, since Hunter was one of them. He helps them hit their monthly business goals. Hunter, hey, excited Chris. to hear Thanks all about today. No pleasure, mate. Excited to hear all about the business and. Did you start the business because you were sort of a detailer and you saw the opportunity to mesh that with marketing? Had you done that in the past? How did the the business come to be? So actually, I think I have a somewhat unique way I started. So I started my own detailing business back in 2015, so about six years ago with a few buddies. And then I worked with that through college and everything. And I, I knew I love detailing. I love working with cars and everything. But my end goal in life was to be a business consultant. And so I knew to in order to get there, the detail wasn't really the way to go with that. So through college, I was kind of planning out what I wanted to do. And I'm sure you know of the whole um, have, do, be model, where you feel like you yep, have yep. to do decades of work in order to be this person you want to be. So then eventually I I came across this one podcast. I'm sorry, I don't know who it was again. It was a while ago. But then I realized that you can be that person and eventually you're going to have that title of being a business consultant. So then I set my sights uh, a couple of years ago. I wanted to be a business consultant. So I wrote that down and I was kind of looking for Alice and what I can do to get to that goal. Um, so then I always done marketing. I've always done a little bit of advertising for business here and there. And then so last year I launched my agency to help service-based businesses and then the biggest thing was I was I started out as broad as most agencies do. They start broad. I try to be like help everybody from e-com to dentist to anyone who we can really talk to. I tried helping everyone at first, and then uh, everyone started talking like, "Man, you gotta niche down a little bit. You have to find your niche and like find your who you want to work with." So then I was sitting down for days and weeks and months trying to figure out like, "Man, who can I help? Like, who is it that I should be working with?" And I, I felt so dumb. It just hit me like a eureka moment. Like, you know, like there's things you see in movies. Like <laughs> I was a deep there for six years. I was detailed business over six years. Mm-hmm. Why don't I just help with that? And then ever since that day, it clicked. I've been working with them and it's been going great so far. Yeah. Yeah, super interesting. It tends to find out so that that lightning bolt comes out of the blue. Like, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I knew that all along. But sometimes it, it takes doing the wrong thing to sort of, stumble across the thing that's been in front of you the whole time um so uh, so did did you find that you because you'd done it in the past then you had the marketing expertise you were able to really go i understand the pain points i understand the challenges i get the frustrations and now your marketing can really speak to that specific person and the challenges they're going through is 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 that what you found when you found that spark you said detail is where it's at is that did it did the business become easier, the proposition and the offer become easier? Absolutely, because when I'm talking to, let's say, a prospect or potential client, I was in their position at one point, so I know exactly mm. where everything's going in their business. So it's easier to talk to them. I know what works. I've done it for years. Um, but, yeah, it, it helps so much doing it before in the process because you know everything that happens behind the scenes. And you know, mm. like, there's such a big gap between – marketers of what i've seen for marketers and then business owners and being able to bridge the gap between being the business owner and being the marketer and one mm. definitely helps 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so number one, you sort of understand the pain point and you can really get into. You know, from mm-hmm. a marketing perspective, that's brilliant because you can say the right things, you can message, you can set up the offers so you know somebody who's a car detail is going to go, thank you, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what I want, right? Exactly. Um, and then it sets you up as the expert in that niche. So anyone who's a car detailer who wants SEO, right? if you do SEO for car detailers, you're the expert in that space. There's the... Did you also then find that the second piece is you you now have expertise in how to market that exact type of business? Yeah. So then go bouncing off what we just said, like the marketing. So I used a prior experience from everything, working with detailers, working as myself, mm-hmm. and then working. Actually, my first um, paying client was a dentist. So that's when I started out with Broad and everything. So it all comes together from being a business owner, doing my own marketing as a business, uh, detailer business owner, bringing it all together and then um, working with the detail business themselves because I know what works, of course, because I was one. And then I also like to go a little bit deeper with them because I don't have a cookie cutter plan, which I think um, for an agency that's watching this, don't have a cookie cutter plan when it comes to every business. Because even though they're in the same niche, they're not the same businesses. So you have to work a different plan for each business. Mm-hmm. So with that plan, what what's what are the services that you're finding are working the best for that? Assuming you know, it's it's a, a lo- more of a local business type model. Is it SEO? Is it Google My Business? What sort of solution is it? Website, social? Is it a bit of all of that? But what are the main sort of solutions that you're offering? It depends on what their budget level with everything. Because not everyone has the budget to go through $1,000 out at Facebook and Google Ads right away. So mm-hmm. if I can help them at the lower level with email marketing and Google My Business, get them showing up on the map on Google, then that's what I'm going to do to help out. Because not everyone has, like I said, like the budget to start out right away. So I'm trying to help out the community best I can, whether it's just coaching now how to tell them to do things, sending them links, trying to point them in the right direction. So there's mm-hmm. different levels to it, but I try to help out best I can. Yeah. So really a, again. Yeah, sure. So you're really a, a full service digital offering in essence. Yeah, I just don't do anything with uh, revolving around websites. So I try to spread yeah. myself too thin because I have a belief where like I try to really narrow down and barrel down on Facebook and Google ads. Like mm-hmm. I want to be the best in the industry when it comes to those things. And then any minute I spend spend trying to learn something else, I know it's a minute I can spend trying to better myself on Facebook and Google ads. Mm-hmm. So that's my primary focus and that's what I want to do. Yeah. So that's really a paid paid advertising yes. model? Okay. Yes. Yeah, awesome. How, how have you found the the iOS 14 shift that everybody's uh, up in arms about <laughs> and having challenges with lately? It's, it's pr- pretty interesting just to uh, sort of see how agencies that are in that, that paid model, how their tracking's falling off. How are you saying, sort of, is, is that a become an issue for you or are you sort of able to, have you adapted and found ways to solve we, that problem? Yeah, we definitely adapted a little bit, but I did, you know, throw a big wrench into the whole mix with everything because you can't, it's yeah. hard, it hurts the interest targeting. It hurts to be targeting a little bit on Facebook. So I often encourage a little more budget put towards Google for Google ads. So that way you can diversify our portfolio, if you want to say between advertising platforms instead of putting more emphasis on Facebook, which we used to do. So having a balance between the two, so that way if Facebook falls behind a little more, we can adapt a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. So when you're running, when you're doing paid campaigns, are you integrating back in, say so you don't build or sort of focus on the dev side of websites, but are you building back into SEO 
um, sort of strategy or, or landing pages, that sort of thing. What part of that you mentioned, you're just running the ad campaigns back to something that's already created in terms of landing pages or are you, are you helping kind of define the strategy around what a land where, where you're sending the traffic to? Are you working on that asset as well? Yeah, so what I do, I do create the landing pages. So we have all okay. the ads running to the landing pages. That way we can, of course, acquire leads easier, track the leads easier. Um, what I did before was I sent people to the web page. And then if they have it set up right where they can see where people came from, then that works. But most oftentimes, um, I found that these business owners don't really understand the technical aspects of it. And I don't blame them because I'm not very tech savvy, even though I'm in the tech field, which is kind of counterintuitive, but it sometimes it works out that way. <laughs> so I create these landing pages for them to run the ads to them. So that's what I do. Okay. And and say so you're not tech savvy, but how, so have you, this is all self-taught essentially, have you just sort of worked out, you say you want to become an expert in PPC and, and paid ads for Google and, um, and, and, uh, Google and Facebook have you is that all self-taught have you just sort of picked up programs are you just learning how to do this yourself how have you developed that skill set so I do have minor experience I'm going to use minor as a really good word for that one experience in doing this prior because I've always done a little bit here and there um years years back but through the college years when I was trying to figure out my next step in life I kind of like explored a little bit of the paid advertising world a little bit and seeing what can happen with that. So over, not just in college, I went to college for business management, not exactly related to anything social media marketing or paid advertisement wise, but I've always tried to pay attention to these kind of things and pick up on skills that I can learn. But most of everything I've learned is self-taught. You know, um, I think my YouTube university, university, it was a little more um, helpful towards me than the college degree. And I think a lot of people can agree with that because a little more hands-on, you can know, learn relevant skills that you need to learn. Uh, but most of my things I have is law, um, self-taught, um, stuff I have learned over the detail in business, you know, what ads work, what ads don't work. So it's a lot of this experience and self-taught. Mm, yeah. So in, in terms of detailing and card details, what what is the stuff that where, where do they get caught up? What, what's the biggest challenge that they have? And, and sort of how, how do you fix that? Is, this, is there a specific way um, that they need to talk to their audiences? Is it about coupons or value or offer? What is it that, that really works in that, um, that service-based business, particularly around card detailing? So it's kind of interesting because everyone has a, a vehicle, right? So the way it needs to be conveyed is there needs to be a... Um, a way you can tell your value to the audiences. Now, detail business owners, a lot of them are hobbyists, and then the ones that are business owners understand the whole sales process, you know, nurturing leads, um, capturing new ones, and the whole thing, bringing them from a lead into a customer. So the biggest issue like, is trying to find a way they can communicate to new prospects and get them into their shop. So the way I do that, it's, of course, copywriting is a must. You must be able to say and show your value and why you need to come to them. Mm. So, I mean, co- copywriting is a, a pretty significant skill in itself. Again, is that is that largely self-taught? Have you done understanding co- copywriting is, is an art form, right, to how, how you actually structure a post, how you structure content, how you write? 
um, and how you write for different businesses, right? Because they all have different personality and different tonality. Um, how, how have you found that? Is, there, is that self-taught again or is that sort of just a natural skill that you had that, that communication ability? It's a mixture of both things. It's 50-50. I've always been a good writer throughout school and I've always liked right. writing, you know, writing essays and, you know, so on and so forth and business writing as well. But when it comes to writing, mm-hmm. copywriting is different than regular writing, as we know. So mm-hmm. I love the science of copywriting because it's really the science of capturing people's attentions and manipulating their mind, capturing their attention, uh, manipulating their attention in order to get them to do some action, whether it's, you know, purchase now, give them a call, take some of where action may be. So I love the science behind it. And I've done a whole bunch of studies and read a whole bunch of studies about, you know, what good copywriting is, headlines, you know, the science of the human mind, psychology and everything like that. So that's kind of really, I really love copywriting more than anything. Just writing out copy on landing pages, ads and websites when ethical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly a science and an art too, to writing copy. Um, how, how do you see the distinction between Facebook and Google? Is they're, they're similar, but they're sort of diff- they're quite distinct in, uh, if you look at those, the, the buying cycle, buying stages, um, where mm. someone's coming to Google, they're trying to work out how to do something. They're much more in a search mode. They might be more ready to buy than someone who's ha- just browsing their Facebook feed and an ad pops up that's a, that's relevant to an interest, but not they're not may not specifically be looking at it. Um, how do you sort of, do you work both side? You had one client, are you doing to capture different parts of the audience? Are you focusing more directly on like direct response on, um, on Google or again, depends on the client, I guess, but it, do you find that mm-hmm. balance between more, I guess, more brand sort of stuff that you might do on Facebook and real targeted direct response on Google? Yeah, exactly. So on Google, we like to do, it's easier, of course, we know it's intent marketing. So these people are going and searching on Google for these services. So the goal with goal with Google ads is to be able to, hey, this is our shop, this is why you should come to us. So you have better results, better quality leads that way. Facebook, as you know, is a little different, it's interruptive marketing. So people are scrolling, people are not looking for detail and services on Facebook. They're scrolling, passing time. Maybe they're looking for Aunt Becky's little kid on the Facebook timeline or something like that. So you have to <laughs> get their attention somehow, get them stopping the tracks. So that's a little bit different in terms of that. So we have a couple of cold ads like to do. And a lot of the big thing is the retargeting ads, you know, using the pixel, using retargeting engagements, which I find is working pretty good with new iOS update, you know, not relying on the pixel so much, but relying on the post engagements, ad engagements. That's been working very well. So the with Google, you're going to have better closing rates on these leads that I'm finding. And with Facebook, you're going to have lower quality leads, but it's helping getting the business out there because you're showing your um, your business to people who really weren't thinking about using your service, but now they're considering it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's an important distinction to understand. Having sort of both both pieces is going to be great for your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, is your is your business just you? Um, do you have a team? Do you have support, or is it is it a, a one man show for now? And second part of that question: Do you have plans to to grow and scale in terms of team and uh, sort of growth? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, it's just me. Uh, I'm getting to my limit in terms of what I can handle right now. Yeah. Um, I've really exponentially grown in the past this year. 
you know, last year had been up and down, up and down, but it's been continuing growth every month for me this year. So I am looking nice. to hire out within a month or so from now because it's getting to the point where now I'm very good with time management and everything. But when it comes to being able to effectively communicate with everybody and effectively perform results, I'm just getting a little bit thin on that end. And then the big part for me, which I think what separates me from a lot of other agencies is my communication. That's my main priority with everything. So actually people, I have clients have my phone number. So they have a question, they can shoot me a text on messenger. They can shoot me a message anytime. I always try to answer within an hour because another thing I noticed is when I started to start my marketing agency, I noticed there's a big gap between communication wise, you know, sending email to a marketing agency and getting a response back two days later. And then as a business owner, you, that's, that's your business. That's important. That's your baby. You need that attention as soon as you can. So it is, you know, affecting me a little bit in terms of time getting back to these people. But my current, like, average client retention is almost a year long. So I think for me, that's super important to keep, keep up with your clients and then talk to them mm -hmm. as much as you can. Um, if they have any questions or updates or if they want something to change, I think it's important to get done as soon as possible and make them happy. Um, everyone is happy, but you, I think more, more people should focus on communication more. Mm. Yeah, it's important to have a sort of a communication plan for the agency, whether that is your, your if you have that capability to be super responsive whilst maintaining your productivity because you don't want to be in the middle of working and then distracted to a call and then yeah. back and then into the Slack channel, then back to work and back. That's really disruptive for just mm -hmm. your, your workflow is the, the person on the tools doing the work. So having that yeah. structure, but at least saying, you know, if, if you send me a message, I'm going to get back to you within two hours and it's going to be between 9 to 11 at lunchtime at 3 to 4. So at least they have a structure of, okay, I know I'm going to get responded to and then have, mm -hmm. having that structure. But, yeah, communicate. If, if, you, if you stop hearing from you, they get very concerned. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I still have a structure to it where I'll work when I need to. Uh, I don't know if I'm butchering your name, but I think it's the Pomodoro or something along those lines. Yeah, method where you work. Method. Yeah, yeah, Pomodoro. Okay, so it's there, right? So yeah, then yeah, it's, you know, 30 it. minutes. I have 30 minutes on working folks I need to do. And then my break time is responding to people who have reached out to me. So they're not intentionally interrupting me. You know, I have my phone on silent mm -hmm. doing what I need to do, uh, mm -hmm. folks, any work I need to do. But yet, I still have that break time I use to reach, like, to respond to them, reach out to them, and if they need something done immediately, I have to finish what I need to do and get to that when I need to. So I always yeah. keep try to keep a good time structure with everything, so that way I'm not interrupted throughout my day. So if that yeah. was, if I respond to every message right away, as you know, it can, you're not going to get too productive there. Yeah, it's going to decimate your performances, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. destroy your productivity when you're just being yeah, pulled away from the task every time. So yeah, the Pomodoro is a, a great basic model of just, you, you know, you've got 45 minutes, 30 minutes, you're getting the work done and then you can respond. Um, and if a, if a client can't wait an hour or 30 minutes for a response, then there's 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 you need to set that relationship up in a better way perhaps. You need to have mm -hmm. set that expectation that this is how I operate. And right. I operate this way for your benefit, right? I'm, I work in 30 out, 30 minute, 45 minute, 90 minute block, be effective and get your stuff churned out quicker than, repli than replying to you. That's more important than responding to you. I think having those mm -hmm. conversations earlier can help with that. It helps set up um, how that communication is going to be handled. But yeah, massive, massively important is maintaining that, having some sort of a structure.
to your communication mm-hmm. and maintaining that communication. Like you said, it seems to be working well that you've got good retention for clients. So like a year-long retention is a good lifetime value for your customer base. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what, So bringing in team, obviously, do you on the account sales, marketing side of things for your business and then bring in kind of specialists and experts to do the campaigns and run and do the sort of on the tools stuff where where would you see yourself if you grew your agency ad and you had four or five employees and a few more clients where would you ideally like to be um, positioned within your own agency uh, i think ideally i like to still have access to all the accounts of course but i think my next hire is definitely going to have to be someone to help me with the ad accounts because for me performance is the most important for thing, um, aspects of running the agency. You know, your clients want to see performance there. They don't want to see results and everything. So being able to have another person to take that load off you and take that stress off you because as one man army, you're wearing all the hats in your business. You're doing the outreach, you're doing the sales, you're doing all the communication, you're running all the accounts, and then you're doing all the meetings in between with business at anything that comes with it too. So I think someone taking off the, you know, helping with the ad accounts a little more will be definitely helpful for me. Um, down the line, I think I want to have definitely a couple employees, um, whether it's both Google and Facebook or one or the other, but some take a little load off of my hands to help me out a little bit so I can focus on things that drive my agency forward. Yeah. Yeah, great. And I guess it's good to be really clear on what you are and what you set up your agency so you can operate that way. And so mm-hmm. the, it's going to be the, the cleanest, clearest uh, way for you to scale and grow is actually understand well I'm great at sales or I'm great at the comms and the and the client management that's what I want to do and I'm going to backfill everything else with other people because they and hire people that are better than you at doing that thing you know that's the that's sort of the smart way to scale is is be the dumbest exactly. person in the room when it comes to the stuff that you're you know that, that you're handing off and delegating um so do you do you imagine that you'd have um, I know the world's a bit wacky at the moment. Do you think from team? You're sort of looking at sort of uh, an, an office one day. How, how do you picture that that future rolling out for yourself in terms in terms of team, sort of remote VAs or you know building an agency in an office mm-hmm. with the team working together? How do you envision that set for yourself? I think we're still mostly um, virtual with everything because it's hard mm-hmm. to bring in talent if you had someone. So I'm located in New Jersey. If I had someone in California that I'm more than willing to hire, it's hard for to get them to move from there to a, lo- a central location. Or yeah. if maybe they're looking in England or somewhere else, it's hard to get them to move. So I think virtual is still the best way to have t- access to talent mm. without having to move them around. Yeah, yeah. And you get course, that amazing you, global talent pool. Yeah, exactly. So you have access to global talent, talent, like you said, without having to sacrifice anything. Because if I ran an office, um, as my personal belief, if you ran an office, you're forced to either cut off some of those potential great employees you could have, and then you might have to, you know, it may take some convincing to get someone to move over, or you just look in your own area. So I don't like to, you know, keep myself short so i like to be able to have access to whoever is you know best fit yeah that is the benefit of the virtual world and the, the connected world is you can get 
the best talent from all over the the planet as long as the the time zones kind of aligned yeah. um you sort of get that 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 best of breed from wherever they are um so yeah, really really interesting times for how you can actually grow out a very talented team um thank you so much for uh, dropping by hunter um if people want to find out more about you um get connected learn more about what you do where are the best places for them to come and find you I, I live on Facebook, so you can hit me up there anytime. Okay, that that's the that's the platform. That's where you, you do most of you. Yep, I'm always on there. <laughs> Amazing. I'll drop those links in the show notes so the folks at home can uh, drop on and click those and come and get connected with you. Um, yeah, love love chatting to you today, mate. Sounds like you got a, a great little business going, and I, I hope, hope to see that growth and you sort of start to shift yourself up in the business and sort of backfill and start to bring that team and provide even in better you know, better and better mm-hmm. results for your clients by bringing in that expertise to get, you know, deliver that ROI and sort of re- really help your clients grow their businesses and, and do what you love to do as well in your business, which is important because you want to enjoy what you're doing. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so thank, thanks for swinging by. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us and tell us all about media and your fans and all the stuff that you're doing. Appreciate you dropping by and uh, appreciate everyone for stopping by and checking out the episode and we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.